leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Welcome to another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. God, I love doing this live. Thank you for joining us both on YouTube, where if you are there and you haven't subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button, as well as the notification button. So then the next time we go live, you will be able to be notified. For those of you joining us on LinkedIn, thank you very much. We get comments from both sides. So you can have a part of this conversation. Um, today we have Jasmine Owens, and I am. I was told an amazing story about her, but I will let her tell that story about her journey into cybersecurity, as well as some enlightenments that she's done along the way. Because uh, I think it's really important to to. To share with everyone. So Jasmine, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what did you do before you were in cybersecurity? So in my previous life, I used to work at Washington University School of Medicine as the electronical medical records um, analysts or implementers. So that was, or that means, I was the one that was monitoring the electronical medical records for Washington University. I was going in the clinics and setting them up um, when it was time to stand them up. I was the one also helping the patients get into their electronic medical records, so setting them up or troubleshooting things for them um, and the whole gamut. And then also um, off, uh, off hours, I would be supporting the all scripts, which is what we were using for inside the hospital. Um, mm -hmm. We had a rotation on that. So that was my previous life. Four years ago, I worked at Washington University for nine years, started off as a medical records clerk, went to bioinformatics assistant, and then um, was laid off due, due to a grants loss, came back as a medical secretary. Then my final position was as the electronic medical records um, analyst. Wow. That, I mean, just just that story alone, that's super interesting. That could be a whole podcast by itself. Um, <laughs> so. What got you interested in, in, in technology, in cybersecurity? Um, how, how did you, you get to this side of IT? 
So it actually started off with my last position um, with the medical records moving online. A lot of my patients start asking me while I was on the phone with them was, how do you keep my records secure? And I could not answer that question for them. And that was usually comes up very regularly. And I was like, honestly, I can't answer that. I know we keep the information in two separate databases, but that was to the degree of my cybersecurity knowledge that I had. Mm -hmm. And so um, my brother, um, he was the one that was like, hey, um, he's been in IT way longer than I have. Shout out to Ralph Owens. And he was like, cybersecurity is about to become a real big thing on the civilian side. And I was like, okay. So he said something and then two other instances where just cybersecurity just kept coming to my attention. I was like, okay, this is probably where I need to go. Um, I had pretty much hit the peak of my career at Washington University. Um, I had my associate's degree, but I didn't want to get another a bachelor's degree in business administration because to me, that was like a dime a dozen. Everybody mm-hmm. had that type of degree. And I was like, no disrespect to everybody else that do have the degree. I just wanted to separate myself from the mm-hmm. pack. And so I held off from finishing my four-year degree until something excited me. And that's what cybersecurity came up. Okay, okay. I, I love that. I mean, when you say the civilian side, w- what does that mean? Did, do you, were you in the service? Uh, you have someone in the service? So my brother is... Um, was is a navy reservist and so and my father is an army reservist so and then when we jump into the cybersecurity side when you hear my story the nonprofit that i used to work for cyber up used to be literally right outside of scott air force base <laughs> so okay. i i've had um associates and affiliates on both sides of the civilian world and then the military world so that's why I say on the civilian side, it was coming up. It was always been big in the military side, but the civilian side, it wasn't um, as flashy as it is. Now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it looks like you have some fans in the audience for sure. So uh, we have, this is from uh, Victor and he's saying you go girl, healthcare matters. And then Ralph Owen also comes on and he's so proud of you. So uh, congratulations. Um let, let's talk about that um, nonprofit that you mentioned that was on the base. Um, how, how did you get aware of it? Like, um, and what, what did they do? So um, shout outs to CyberUp. They are the ones that pretty much catapulted my journey into cybersecurity. But in order for me to get to CyberUp, I had to go on my, my little journey of figuring out how I was going to get to this position. Um, I first started off with uh, St. Louis Community College. They had literally just dropped a cybersecurity program in the evening for students who were working in the day. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. But um, because that's where I got my associate's degree from. But the way they had the program set up was not feasible for me working in the day. Um, They had classes on different nights of the week. They were on different campuses and everything was just too scattered abroad instead of, Mm -hmm. and I needed something more concentrated and more focused. And so it was the St. Louis American Journal, um, which is a newspaper that's geared to African-Americans here in St. Louis is where I saw a clip on what was formerly known as Midwest Cyber Center. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. But the thing, the catch was the guidelines was like 18 to 25. You had to make less than 35 grand a year. And it was all these requisites, which I did not meet at all. Um, I was too old. I was making too a little bit too much money. And I was like, 
but you know what? I really want to get into the field. So I tried it. Um, I put in, I took the test. You had to take some um, like assessments um, with the um, city's like working coalition. You had to go there and take the assessments. I got the grades, the passing grades for it. And nice. out of 300, yeah, out of 300 applicants, um, I later found out it was 300 applicants age range from 18 to 60. I made the top 25 and in the top 25, I was chosen to be the overseer of the program as my apprenticeship. So I was literally building the program up um, from the foundation that they laid while going through the curriculum at the same time. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's a feed in itself. <laughs> So was, let's talk about that program and like how it how it helped you, what it was designed for. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, let me see if I can still write it off from the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to say it's a it's pretty much like an eighteen month. If I and correct me if I'm wrong, Tony. I know you'll see this later, but it was uh, <laughs> two thousand. There we go. Two thousand hours on the job training, five hundred eighty hours online training, and after that. Um, you were able to get your certificates and um, two industry recognized um, certification certificates. And then you also get a, a cybersecurity journeyman um, certificate from the Department of Labor since they were certified from the Department of Labor. Oh, so wow. It, it is a great program. It was cutting edge, um, right? What we needed in St. Louis. We were in the midst of gaining traction, had to go out and um, acquire the pipeline. We want to make sure the pipeline was diverse. So I had to reach out to the urban leagues of the community. I had to reach out to places like Beyond Housing and the other workforce coalitions we had in the region and sit up and really try to gather as many people as possible, as well as going into the high schools and the middle schools and letting them know that, hey, cybersecurity is an opportunity. Um, I'm a firm believer that students and people should choose the right learning path for them. And sometimes that's not always the four-year degree. If it is, congrats. But there's yeah. also other options like tr trades, like cybersecurity apprenticeships. Wow, so not, not only are you building up a program, you're learning it at the same time, you're going out and building up a pipeline, ensuring that there's a, a nice diverse group of individuals there. Wow, I, I mean, that, that story alone, like, like just hits me in the heart like absolutely love it um so you're, you're doing this program and like what's the transition between you doing this program and then you getting a job like how did it help you um get that job and like what was it like getting that job i believe the program set me up real well because it made me network in the region I always tell people that networking is probably in the top three things I suggest to cybersecurity or people who's interested in cybersecurity on how to get into the field. Um, because I was able to network at CyberUp, I ended up mm -hmm. meeting my future supervisor. I reached out to her um, and I was like, hey, I'm ready to make a transition more onto the technical side. I'm looking for positions. Um, I have an employer on the docket, but we're running up, um, running into some um, delays with HR because I don't have the four-year degree. And so she was like, hey, why don't you try applying for the Technical Professional Associate Program at CAS? And so when I pulled it up, she was, I looked, required that four-year degree. I was like, is that going to be a problem that I just have an associate's degree? 
And she was like, just go for it. And I was like, all right. So we're, once again, I wanted it. So I went for it. Um, and the interview was crazy because it was the day, like two days before my last day at CyberUp. Um, I went in that afternoon at 4 p.m. And it was uh, my first panel interview I've ever experienced in real life. And so that was with the CIO, all the division heads that we uh, will be rotating under because it was a rotation of eight months in cybersecurity, eight months in network infrastructure, eight months in web development. And we also had HR along with the people we were competing <laughs> competing with in the, for the position. So it was about Whoa. six to nine <laughs> of us all in the same boardroom sitting down and the interview and presentation went from like four to eight like literally it was dark when i left mm -hmm. and so i was like and one of the people that i was um uh, competing against for the job was actually someone that was sitting on my roster so i already knew his pedigree like to the t mm -hmm. because he was one of my people and so i was like oh this should be interesting so out of i was probably the only one without the four-year degree and they was like, we will let you know if you have the job by the end of the week. And I was like, fine. So the next day I was out networking for CyberUp and I leave the meeting and I get a call from HR at CAS Information Systems saying, hey, we just want to let you know that we're going to offer you the position. You'll get more details soon. So that's how I got into CAS Information Systems. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, net networking. And let, let's... For the listeners on the podcast um, that are seeing this after the fact, we're talking about networking with people, not yes. just networking with computers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <So for> did, <laughs> did, did you apply for other jobs or you just happened to, to see CASP? You knew that person from, from CyberUp and like that was your first shot. You got it already because you, you set your mind to it. So it was. Um kind of both with CyberUp, when we do hire, hiring um, opportunities, um, mm -hmm. I usually is there sometimes with the candidate to sit down with them and like get them ready. So one time we had a group that was high, um, interviewing for a company and Tony didn't tell me to be prepared, but he's like, hey, uh, we want you to interview for this position too. And I was like, uh... <laughs> Okay, so I interviewed for the position and they was trying to find ways to bring me on. It was just a delay of being brought on because of the, mm -hmm. the whole HR hold up with the four year degree. And the concept of training people um, who didn't really have a strong cybersecurity background and skilling them up in the discipline. And so they was trying to figure all of that out. And that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to another organization or reach out to my network and see what's out there. And um, that supervisor was also a mentor of mine. I was like, what should I do? And so she was like, this is what just go for it and let's see what happens. She's like, this would be good to help skill you up and develop your skills, not just technically, but also on the leadership side, because I end up doing a few pro project management uh, roles and projects in that role. Um, still is actually kind of so. <laughs> so it was just a, it was just the perfect fit for me. So I just gave it a shot, and within two weeks of me applying, it was a done deal. Wow! You mentioned mentorship. Let's talk about how important mentorship was um, in your transition, as well as for 
potentially for moral support or just guidance along the way? Did you have like one mentor, many mentors? How was it? I have a team. Um, you have a team. I love it. You have a whole board just for you, right? <laughs> so um, my first mentor was out at MasterCard, Mr. Christopher Hogan. He was the first one that actually Cybera paired me with um, because we pair our apprentices with mentors along the journey. So he was the first one I sat down with and really um, just talk about the field and what my personality is, what ways, uh, what paths I'm thinking about going into. And so he he's like my person I think of as if I need a book, I'm going to mm -hmm. Mr. Hogan because he's always going to give me a good book um, to bite into. And then later on, um, I met Colonel Adams um, at the base. He became a mentor. He's now General Adams. Um, and he always helps constantly, you know, encourages me and keeps me in line or connects me with the person I need to talk to and things like that. And then um, the mentor I'm speaking of that was at Cast Information, she's now at RGA, is Erica Wilson. Um, I We do talks together when we go out to the community. Um, usually when I talk to her or try to relay her to people, I say she's like the Olivia Pope of cybersecurity. She just gets stuff done. Um, she, is, <laughs> she is a huge inspiration. Um, she's another African-American female. Me and her have similar backgrounds. She has the four-year degree. I don't, but we complement each other real well because we realize the value of the different avenues that it, it, we have to take into cybersecurity. So she's the main one I, I usually like lean on the most because she was my supervisor and she just always has that open door policy where I can sit down and be like, okay, am I thinking about this right? And having um, those three, and I have more, but those are the three that come to mind. Um, yeah. Having those three, the, and also having a male mentor as a female to get the male perspective, be like, okay, am I crazy? Or... <laughs> did he come across the way that he should not have come across because we need mm. that perspective um before because sometimes it can affect us and we like our feelings would get involved but sometimes you have to take your feelings out of it and be like okay did he really mean what i thought he meant or you know help me perceive this correctly and mm -hmm. so that's why i say is, uh, i have a team of mentors because i need both perspectives to make a good judgment I, I love it. So you have both diversity of um, industries, diversity of individuals. I, I, I love that. And I love the EQ that you just highlighted to, to be able to self-identify whether you, your emotions are affecting your judgment and being able to raise that to your own personal board. Um, one of the things you mentioned is reaching out to one of them for books. What was your process of um, getting to know cybersecurity and continuously learning and continuously developing? How did you approach that? Well, that also started off with CyberUp because we used a um, company called Cyberry for our curriculum. And so mm -hmm. with that and having the labs to work from, it just kicked me off to go to look on YouTube. And like I went to YouTube to learn how to download a virtual or you know, stand up a virtual box on my machine so I could stand up Cali. Um, I just, it just created a hunger to always research. Um, I listened to podcasts, Cyberwire, Hacker Valley were the ones I was listening to today. Um, watching videos online. Professor Messer is a good, another good resource for mm -hmm. studying Network Plus, Security Plus videos. 
um, getting practices. I just always try to find something to grab. If I'm learning something new, I go online and say, okay, what, what does the World Wide Web has to offer? You know, wow. and then just make it accustomed to what I'm learning at at the time. So mm -hmm. I'm always hunting um, for information. And then when it comes to the books, uh, Mr. Hogan would prefer some, uh, refer some. And then I also, because I'm always somehow put in a leadership position, I always ask for like, okay, what's good leadership books or what's the good book you recommend I should read on the leadership side? So um, Speed of Trust is on my roster to read. So um it's just always the you have to have a hunger to learn in this field if you Absolutely. don't you're not going to survive long because things are always constantly changing information is always constantly coming so you always got to have that hunger to learn and so sometimes i'll have my um, tv with professor messer playing in the background while i'm working on something it's just i always find some type of avenue or media to absorb knowledge. Wow. Well, let's address some of the comments that we have. Um, so we have Damon Cook. Uh, he's saying a personal board is a great idea. Um, then we have uh, s some others that networking is the way to get that first cybersecurity job. And that's right, because, I mean, you, you got past the requirements that said, oh, you can't do this because you don't have a four-year degree by reaching out to the people, talking to them. I, I absolutely love it. Um, some of the other ones are saying um, a board of advisors from different industries, perfect. And um, we, we have uh, Sudhir that's joining these sessions, getting a lot of advice. Hopefully he can land his first role as well. Yep, we're hoping for you as well. Um, so now, now let, let's talk about um, you got that first job and it sounds like you're, you're always uh, talking about it in the community. How how are you looking to keep up to advance? Like, what's your approach to that? And advice to individuals that are looking to follow in your in your footsteps. Um, my approach is always just being available to listen and to talk um, when asked. I have people in my network that will come to me, and be like, "Hey, I got a student that's thinking about going to cyber." Um, do you mind talking to them about it? Um, I have an old co-worker who's like, my girlfriend works at a nonprofit and she got a young lady who's interested in cybersecurity, but because it's a male-dominated field, she's not feeling comfortable. Do you mind talking to her about it? Sure. A uh, nonprofit, women in male-dominated field panel. You want to sign up for it? Sure. I'm always trying to make sure <laughs> that I am um, accessible to the community. And that really started off at the nonprofit. My first day was literally at a high school um, for apprenticeship week at Bashan, which is a, a predominantly Black high school in St. Louis. And literally, that was my first day. So... And sorry if you hear anything in the background, the lineman decided to come around this time. But um, <laughs> the I was sitting there watching Tony explain the apprenticeship program. And after hearing it a few times, I, I kind of got the bit of what I needed to say. But then when I asked, when he actually said, you know, Jasmine's actually going into cybersecurity and how the group just shifted. And you saw like someone that looks like me is about to do that and when i felt that shift i was like okay we we gotta we gotta keep this momentum going and then going into other schools um that didn't know that this career path was for them and that there was people that looked like me 
in the field and they was like you know like light bulbs actually came on that's what actually started ignited the passion of like okay we gotta we gotta do something this this should be where communities that i live in should not have the excuse or have the words to say that i never knew this was available no this is available and i'm going to make sure it's intentionally available for the community and, and Tony uh, just jumped on and says, I tell the story all the time. It was such a learning moment for, for me. And I mean, I, when I heard the story from him, I had goosebumps and I was excited to talk to you. And now that you tell the story, I have goosebumps again because <laughs> I, I, I really just love the ownership that you took. Um, this is your first day, like new in the field, but you're like, no, let's go out and get them. And took the ownership and that you continue to do so and absolutely love it. We have um, another one, Mentor a Cyber Patriot team member, um, another good nonprofit out there. Yes. Um, I, I love your passion for leadership. Um, wh what? Why do you feel like you, you have that hunger to lead? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that kind of steered from as a child, I was, I, I guess I always had the leadership skills all, always just come up out of me. Um, I'm naturally a challenger by nature. So when I see something wrong, it's hard for me to sit back and be quiet. Um, it nearly goes against my gears. So, <laughs> so I always been um, put in situations where I just lead by example. And I'm also a person that um, I like to be in the thick of it. So if I'm going to put money where my mouth is, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I want to understand the people around me. So I'm going to be in in the mud with you trying to get this done. So that's just always been my temperament. So I've always been open to opportunities that came my way. Any challenges, I try to accept it and do the best that I can. And because of that and that attitude, it always opened up doors for other leadership opportunities. And so from a kid um, with my vocal lessons teachers teaching adult choirs how to sing their parts um, <laughs> to uh, leading, you know, hospitality at church for a repast when my leaders were gone um, to just doing leadership things with the organizations and at work. I am now the um, co-lead for the Women in Technology at CAS. I am the lead um, member for the Business Enablement Awards at CAS. So I've always been put in positions to where I have to carry the mantle forward. And actually, Tony gave me a he gave me a little plaque that I keep on my desk at work that says "Lead by Example." So it's just like ingrained in my head. If I don't see leadership there, then I'm pretty much going to step in and try to help as much as possible get the job done. And let's talk about how that transfers to cybersecurity. Um, how do you take those transferable skills and then implement them uh, on the technical side of your role? Um, so on my technical side of the role, usually I try to include my team or at least the people I'm working with on my team on what's going on and what's, you know, what's the project. And I would try to inform them or teach them. We also have a, another technical professional associate now that's in my rotation. So I tried to explain everything I've learned to him or give him all the tips I, that I have mm -hmm. to him so he can be prepared or 
um, my former peer, I would let her know, hey, I think this is, uh, you know, this is on your side, but I saw that you weren't on the email. I just want to give you a heads up because most likely this is going to hit you down the line. So mm -hmm. I'm a person that believes that a rising uh, tide lifts all ships. So mm -hmm. in any way I can help my team be prepared or be um, ready to go for something that's coming down the pipe, I'm the one that's going to be communicating that throughout the team. So, and even though I'm not the leader, I'm still peer to peer, I can still help my team be better in some type of way. Wow. One, one of the comments from Robert saying, great work, uh, Jasmine. Thanks for being an inspiration for the folks not yet in the field. Keep it up. Um, absolutely. Um, and, and that's why we have have this podcast, really. It's to, to share with individuals that um, no matter your background, no matter what you did before, there's a path into cybersecurity if you have the passion for it. Um, if you're really interested in it, you, you could find your way and you can claw and dig and and find your way in. Um, yes. So as we're, we're getting close to the, the end of the half hour, um, if you had to like summarize all your experience into um, one piece of advice, I, I know it's hard, but one piece of advice for someone following in your footsteps, uh, what would that be? I always, now this one I already have an answer for because this is the <laughs> one I tell people all the time. You have to know what is your why. I say that because your why is the thing that's going to keep you up. Um, when the nights get hard, the why is the thing that's going to keep you motivated when work environments may not be the best or conducive. The why is going to be when life turns upside down and you're just literally like, how do I keep moving forward? The why is the reason. And my why is because I want to protect my community and also change legacies. And I can do that in cybersecurity. So therefore, whatever comes my way, it keeps me motivated that I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep clawing. I'm going to keep reaching for the next opportunity. I'm going to keep taking the next challenge. I may get deemed along the way. I may not know it all, but I know someone who does know and I can reach out to them or I know a resource that I could tap into. So I will say to the people who are trying to get in, the people who are in the field and may be hitting a setback, go back to the why. Remember the why, write the why out and live it out. Well, I, I just had to jump on for this extra one question. Um, if you had any particular advice for women in cybersecurity, um, and this is from uh, Litikia, um, what would that advice be for women in the industry? For the women in the industry, um, outside of networking and mentors, make sure you have mentors that's male and female. I want to say this, faith it till you make it. Us is a little bit more harder because it is so male dominated and you will be challenged and you will be questioned. And we do kind of suffer from that, that imposter syndrome, but faith mm -hmm. it till you make it. And that means going for it, even though you may not hit all the qualifications, as you heard in my story, I didn't beat the qualifications to the best opportunities that I've experienced so far, but I went for it anyway. And then the gifts and the skills that you have, they are valuable and they can be used in this position. You just have to find a way to how to use it. And so don't sell yourself short, but faith it till you make it. Wow. 
such powerful words. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your, your story, for sharing everything about your journey. I absolutely love it. I love the leadership in your community. I love um, the, the words of advice, the encouragement for everyone. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. And for everyone on YouTube, um, if subscribe, make sure you hit that notification button for us, for everyone on podcasts. Uh, share with everyone. If you, you you have someone that's interested in this community, share Jasmine's story, share, uh, share all the other stories that we have, um, because we really want to show that this field is can be inclusive. We need that diverse background. We need that diverse experience to really solve the hard problems. Uh, so thank you, everyone. And this is the end for another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Thank you very much. Thank you. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.